Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. In 20 minutes, Armando Salguero will join us from OutKick.com, our senior NFL writer for OutKick. Go through all things NFL Week 10 news and notes. Broadcasting from Nashville, 6th and Peabody, our location across the OutKick network, live at OutKick.com. Outkick 360 rolls on, and we kick things off this hour with Michael McHenry, former Major League Baseball catcher, broadcaster, and uh, new homeowner. Yet last week he was at his closing. <laughs> he was at his closing, and I'm guessing, uh, Michael, you were uh, sitting in your new home. I am sitting in my new home, and it's it's a little bit of a mess, but uh, tried to figure it out. This is actually my uh, new new media room, um, and I'm really excited about it. I do some demos for possibly you guys, maybe some kids, whoever wants it. I, I'm pretty much game. Let's just go. Uh, this is where uh, all of the the cameos will be done for Michael McHenry. Later. It's all going to be done right, right there. All, his OnlyFans page will be yeah. operated in this <laughs> room right. as well. Yes. Uh, your thoughts on <laughs> your thoughts on the Astros winning yet again, and what it signals for that organization and the dominance that they've had across the the, the entire league. I, I think you look back to kind of the monkey in the room when they, they won the world series, but the banging of the trash cans, which is just a football. I don't think it was really any expense. I think in reality, being able to get that monkey off your back and especially do it with dusty Baker kind of front and center, a guy that's been in the league forever is very well regarded a player's manager, a guy that has just shown over and over again, his love for the game, his joy for the game. I think you couldn't have painted it better to get back into good graces. Now I don't necessarily say that maybe it's a hundred percent good graces, but right. these guys, what they did for Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker's opportunity, him coming back next year, just a lot of good stuff happening in Houston. And you have to like when Dusty Baker's in front of anything, because that big smile, the big personality, and he obviously loves to party. So, you know, so the, the average viewership, 11.7 million for the world series. What do you, what do you take away? Second lowest. What do you take away from the ratings here as you begin to dissect what it means for baseball nationally? We know regionally and locally it's very popular in ratings. You would know that too, being a part of those broadcasts. But when it gets to the World Series going up against college football, it's, it's no contest that Tennessee Georgia is winning that matchup. But even on nights where college football is not on, the viewership is averaging lower than what it has. What did you take away from the numbers that were released? It's America's pastime, and we're trying so hard to mess it up. New rules, all these things. Oh, it needs to be a faster-paced game. All these different elements are trying to just enthrall into this wonderful game. The reality of it is it just showed that, hey, we're continuing to grow. The business has become where every single baseball team is worth more than a billion dollars. It's a growing industry. It hasn't even touched what NBA has done, what NFL has done by branding players, going international the way they can. I mean, you think about Otani and some of the players that come over. There's yeah. a guy that just got, uh, I can't think, 
he just got, I can't think of the actual word that they use, but he's allowed to sign with the American league team or uh, a major league team now from Japan. These guys kind of playing from all over. There's going to be so much more uh, love for the game all across the world, especially in this country. We just have to do a better job of not trying to screw it up. Michael McHenry, our guest on OutKick 360. What's the award that you feel like is the tightest race that will be announced soon? Man, that's tough. I mean, the reality of it is, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the AL MVP. I, I think I the do. NL MVP is really cool. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Uh, I, I do think the NL MVP is really, really cool when you look at who's there. You have Machado, you have two teammates in Goldschmidt and Arenado. That's just a really cool thing. You don't normally see two teammates right at the top. Both those guys this offseason, they went and hit together. They did a lot of different things to try to figure out what type of bat they should use. Really, it's like a club fitting in golf, but they went down to Marucci and figured out a lot of things and both had huge years. And then you look at the other side, Alvarez, an up-and-coming star, a guy that I, I talked about earlier on in this uh, show. He is just a very impressive human being, had a down uh, World Series, but had that huge home run in that last game. And then you look at the two superhumans right next to each other, Judge and Otani. Otani, without a doubt, is unprecedented. You can't even understand what he's doing because it's never been done before. But Judge, being a Yankee, being on the highest you know, uh, platform, what's going to happen? All why these guys are being talked about in trade rumors. Oh, Otani's not going to get traded. Judge, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to San Fran, L.A.? Who knows? There's just a lot of different things, a lot of moving pieces right now, which is exciting. What do you think the second, uh, uh, just on the Otani thing, you, you get close to the playoffs, and uh, I'd give you MVP too, but uh, uh, you, you got to have some kind of playoff implication to me to be most valuable. And you know what, though? That plays into what you said about the ratings. You know, everyone knows mm-hmm. Judge. No one knows Alvarez. And Correct. O- Otani's not on national coverage because – his team sucks. He's a great player. MLB doesn't market him properly, and he's playing for the Angels, and he's not playing in the postseason when people actually tune in what's, nationally. What's the second biggest offseason story to where Judge winds up? What's the most important thing uh, that's going to happen this offseason? I think you got to look at the shortstop market. Dansby Swanson. You know, what's he going to do? Is he going to go to Chicago? He's going to sign with Atlanta for pennies because they, <laughs> they hypnotize these guys and they all take under market deals. He's right? going to get a timeshare. He's going to give a, a time timeshare in Fort right? Lauderdale to offset the money he's not going to make with the Braves. <laughs> They've got great real and, estate and, and, and packages for all their players. Amazing. All the rides at Disney, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, are, are the managers. Then, the, then man- you look at Correa, right? Like, look at Correa. He turned down $35 million. You know, get 290 with 22 home runs. I can't imagine turning down $1 million, let alone 35. That's betting on yourself. He opts out of that. Obviously, he went to Minnesota to prove himself and try to get a bigger deal. So those two guys just kind of at the forefront. There's other guys that are in that mix. You know, T. Turner, he's going to be right there in the middle. Mets want to put him in center field. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's going to be an exciting market. And the problem is with all that money going to those four guys, you just include Judge in that. It's going to trickle down. It's going to take time for all these guys to sign. The smart teams, the guys that are kind of like low market teams, they're going to start grabbing guys. Say, we want this guy. We'll pay a little bit over so you can grab him now so they know they have a security in some job somewhere going to spring training. The Fort McHenry on Twitter. I, I'm not smart with many things, certainly when it comes to free agency in Major League Baseball specifically. But it wasn't too long ago, right, where if you were a free agent, you were sitting out there for a long time. 
Like, they, they, there weren't, like, mega contracts being offered, and you had to settle for whatever was the best coming your way, and it was late in the process. Is that tying into your surprise with all the guys opting out, to your point? Yeah, usually right after that bargaining agreement, a lot of things kind of move a little bit slower. They kind of want to see what's going to happen with some of the new rule changes and different things. This year is completely different. You know, Rizzo opts out. There's just a lot of guys that just said, no, nah, I'm just going to move on. I'm going to even opt out of a neutral, you know, players agreement with the team. It's just kind of a little bit unprecedented, in my opinion, especially with how fast the game can shift, especially these older guys that are fizzling out of the game faster and faster. It's a younger guys uh, league right now. So these guys are taking a risk. They're taking a chance. They could go play winter ball. They could get hurt in the weight room and then they're not signed or they don't get signed for that huge amount of money. So it, it's just a huge risk, but these guys are betting on themselves and that's exactly what judge did. You saw what happened. Where do the Phillies go from here? Is this a franchise that's going to stay around and, and be relevant and be in the championship mix again next year and the year after? What, what do you think about their future now that they're officially runner-up? I think they're hungry. I, I think they're really hungry. I think they want to come back and make a huge splash. Obviously, Atlanta's the monster in the room that's going to be fighting back and forth with them, and you can't forget about Miami and New York Mets. That's going to be probably one of the best divisions of baseball next year. But when you look and you, you kind of say, okay, what could happen here? And then you hear that Turner from L.A. is possibly leaning towards Philadelphia and he may take less money. They may do a little black magic on him and put some voodoo and get him there for less money. That's huge because he used to play with Harper. He's going to feel comfortable there. And they have that gritty summer team effect where, you know, mom just showed up, dropped them off in their uniform. And they go play. That's kind of been their attitude. And I think it's something to be said. They created a culture and a team atmosphere that guys want to go to. I think it's amazing that Trey Turner puts together his own, uh, or CAA puts together his own highlight package to send out to every team in Major League Baseball, and John Hamm narrates it <laughs> because they have the same agency. That's amazing. And it's just his own personal package, and it's John Hamm's voice talking about Trey Turner, which was terrific. Uh, the Braves' future, we've I talked about. you have one of those highlight videos. Yeah, I wish. Right? I, I wish that I'm going to have Hutton uh, narrate my <laughs> highlight video. That, I can afford him, not John Hamm. That's the difference between me and Trey Turner. Hey, the NL Rookie of the Year race. You got two Braves out of the three with Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. Uh, That's the ridiculous thing about this team is they've got some veteran pieces, but the core of their team are still very, very young, including two guys up for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and they've got the lock and key on a lot of these guys, too. They just completely locked up, you know, as many guys as they possibly could. They did a really good job. I know Braves fans probably don't like to hear this, but when they didn't sign Freeman, they saved a lot of money. You know, taking Olsen, who's a very good player, he put his head down, seems to be a, a fan favorite now. So they did a lot of good things, especially after all the disruption that they had with, you know, their former GM trying to steal players, steal analytics and do different things. So they've really jumped forward for many, many years. They're going to be very good for a long time. And you look at that race, I, I don't think Strider necessarily maybe gets the rookie of the year. I think Harris probably does just because they don't normally do that with pitchers, but I think he deserves it. I think he had a huge year, and he's a Knoxville guy. How do I not love him? We had the same high school coach, one of the best human beings on the planet, Tommy Farr. So I'm going to root for Strider, but Harris, Harris just blew me away this year, how good he was. Just with his wheels, his defense, his ability to understand the game, his baseball IQ, and then the power he showed was really, really impressive. And it seems like these guys just kind of say, mm, I'm just going to take this egg out of the basket, throw it there, crack it, and it's just going to be absolutely awesome. 
National League Gold Glove Awards. You have, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, some issues. At least one. What uh, what got divide? What what was sorted out incorrectly here? Well, if you haven't heard the name Key Brian Hayes, you know he's a, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He's an absolutely phenomenal third baseman. So Pittsburgh is gung ho that he deserved the Gold Glove. He was a finalist, but Nolan Arenado won it. He's one of my good friends. I'm going to tell you, if you look analytically. There's no question that Key Brian Hayes deserved that award just on his defensive loan. But I'm going to go back to what you said, Paul. And you said the guy that was in the playoffs deserves that award more. Well, the reality of it is Nolan Arenado is not just a gold glove winner. He wasn't just a finalist and he won it. He's also an MVP candidate. He also hit 30 home runs. He also almost hit 300. The guy did it from every aspect. Key Brian did not. He was off the field. He was he got hurt a couple of times, and there's a lot of different things. That's not going to necessarily be liked by me, by by my fan base in Pittsburgh, but that's a reality. There is something to be said for a guy that stays on the field, has production offensively, because all that wear and tear plays out in your defense. I don't care what anybody says. If you go out there and just play defense and then someone hits for you, does that guy deserve the gold glove because he's playing half the game? Probably not. Yeah, the best defender. I think think all of us would say the best defender deserves the gold glove. That's a niche award that's for one piece of the game, and the other stuff has nothing to do with it. That's a lot different than MVP and its importance in terms of connecting to your postseason effectiveness. But you think that played a factor, Michael, in the the vote? Name recognition alone, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. the reality of it is, is the guy that showed up every single day, put up bigger numbers, was on the bases more, he was on the field more, he was putting more wear and tear on his body, he had to play in the playoffs, he did everything that Key Bryan did, and I love Key Bryan, he's one of my favorite players in the game, I think he's going to win plenty of gold gloves and a platinum glove at some point, but the reality of it is, all that wear and tear, staying on the field, playing 140 plus games, another guy playing 120, 130, if that, maybe it was 110, that has to play a factor because it's part of the game. You can't just show up and play defense. If you could, I completely agree. But there is a reality to it because when you're on the field more often and you're putting up bigger numbers, you're running the base more often, doing all those things, it's going to affect a little bit on your defense. Michael McHenry has been with us through the the postseason here on the show weekly, giving us his analysis and takeaways from all of the matchups and then postseason awards. This was awesome, man. Uh, really appreciate the, the <laughs> partnership here, which kicked off here in studio and then throughout the entire uh, search for your home and closing of your home and uh, everything in between. It's been cool. And uh, let's keep this up. Let's, uh, let's run this back soon. Good luck with the house. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. And, and you guys have been an absolute blast. You do a great job. I've actually become a fan of the show as well. So uh, just keep up the good work. Really enjoyed working with you guys. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. become a fan of yours as well. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Won't be the last. Thank you, man. There is uh, Michael McHenry, a great guy and a great broadcaster, too, with the Pirates and and more on uh, Comcast uh, and and Spectrum, I believe. Uh, Coming up, we've got Armando Salguero. First, though, Chad, um, the ratings, your big takeaway. Getting into that talk, he was saying it's America's pastime. While while that's true, it's a local pastime now. I know we've talked about this a lot. It's so much more market-to-market of importance, and especially during the spring and summer. Football has taken the air out of the room so much in the sports landscape that when you get to September, even games on during the middle of the week, ratings are going to plummet nationally for games of importance in the playoffs for Major League Baseball. And I think it's if you wanted to just magically 
raise the ratings, that's all you wanted to do, you play the World Series in July or August. That's the only way to do it. I'm not saying it's going to happen or should happen, right. but it, this is going to continue. As long as America's fascination and growing interest in football continues, these ratings are not going to get much better. That's fun. I mean, look, would it be great for baseball if it had massive World Series ratings? Yeah, but again... I, I say over and over, be good at what you're good at. And baseball is the highest rated show on, on even a September uh, Tuesday night in almost every baseball market there is. And that's strong. That's a strong thing. That's not nothing. It's not the NFL. I understand that. Well, it doesn't have national appeal. But if you add up all of those numbers, it would be an enormous number. For a regular season game on a it's nightly a, basis. It's not a national sport. Once your I, team is out of it, you don't care. And we still care about football when our teams are out of it. Yeah. That's the big difference. Yeah, that, there are a lot of differences. But it, baseball has a lot of strength still in a market-to-market way. When it's your team. Yeah, in your market. Yeah, it, it's, strong. it's just like the NHL. When it's your team... You're paying attention to Yeah, it. but it's doing way better in a pick yeah. a random market. In Kansas well, City, the Royals are doing way better on TV than the Nashville Predators are yeah, doing on TV. It's a local TV sport. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's it's a great spring and summer activity on television, does well with all the local programming on, in local sports. It's just not the national sport it once was. And I don't I don't know that it ever will be. And I'm not saying it's the death of the game or anything like that. That's just reality now. Well, it's, That's I, what it is. And I'm not saying it has to be football. It can be so much better. Oh yeah, no, they got a lot of You want ratings to go up? You can play it in September and October, November, but you got to you got to know who's playing. There have to be some rivalries. There's got to be a there are there are plenty of players with personality, and Major League Baseball dampens the personality. They're fining dudes for saying certain things on their vlogs, like they're dampening that, some of the rivalries with this new help, schedule. That next does year. not help knowing the individuals within the sport itself. Two of the three AL MVP candidates, you don't really know. And the only reason Judge is so well-known, he plays for New York, and ESPN finally did some cutaways and showed you the home run race. Other than that, I mean, when's the last time we saw Otani like, break in and, oh, here's something that's never been done since Babe Ruth. Let's see if he can do it at the plate because he's done it on the mound tonight. Yeah, Major League Baseball's not doing no, that. They do a terrible job of that. We'll see if some of the rule changes next year, pitch clock, shift change, Again, add some juice to I, the game in a way that makes it a little bit more embrace the Embrace the brands instead of yeah. one brand. Just embrace the personality brand that so many guys will buy into. They're the same age coming into the, that, the NFL and, and college football. And it's they're the not same personalities. Helmets. And we, Chad, we certainly know the era. Paul, I mean, the, the 90s where everybody knew five players on every team, minimum. I think those things will help. And I think getting a star and marketing that star appropriately and having that star roll through the playoffs and play in meaningful World Series games will help the overall national rating. I don't want to sound like a complete defeatist on the side of baseball here, though. It ain't going to matter. We care about football in the fall. That's not changing. I'm telling you, people turn their minds off to baseball the moment the team they followed in June and July is no longer playing. Well, they've made it so that those teams, there are more teams in it longer. So they've well, helped that, themselves yeah. there. Armando Salguero switches gears with us. We go back to the sport that never fails, that always wins, even in court. Armando Salguero, our senior writer for the NFL at Outkick.com, 
We'll take you into week 10 next and I'll kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. One of our top rated segments of the week is here. Armando the, Salguero. The opposite problem Major League Baseball has with the World Series ratings, we have that We've opposite issue with Armando. Yeah. Flip side, here it is. We're talking Too NFL. many people are watching. Yes. Armando Salguero, reading, uh, watching, streaming, listening on the radio, everything in between right now. Armando, how are you? So one of the top, like, who's, who's, who's better than me? Well, That's proprietary information, sir. There's one or two, and then, you know, you're, it fluctuates week to week based on the news of the day. Well, you know that I, the reason I ask is I have acquaintances. I've, I lived in South Florida for many years. Yeah. And for $25, they do things to people. And so <laughs> 25 that's a heck of a rate you've got going there. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you give me the names, stuff's going to happen. Hey, some, some, things, some things have happened to a bunch of important NFL people named Allen and Stafford and Murray and Tannehill and Rodgers and Wentz. Uh, you wrote about it this week. Tannehill took an upturn today uh, and actually was a full participant, which surprises us all. But this many injuries to this many starting quarterbacks, bad news for the NFL, obviously, particularly Josh Allen when you start with one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league. Um, how disheartening um, is it for, for everybody when uh, some of these guys are on the verge of sitting or, or sit? Yeah, I, I believe, Paul, that Josh Allen is not playing this week. I think that's a it's more than a fair assumption. I, I wouldn't doubt that he might not be playing for a couple of weeks. Um, and that puts the Buffalo Bills in an uncomfortable situation because it's not like they have built such a, a lead over the rest of the It, you know, promises them any sort of wiggle room. Their, their margin for error, error is very small. And if they want, playoff games you know in five degrees below zero buffalo in january they they either case keenum has to play amazing like he did what was it 2019 i think or 18 for the vikings or uh they have to find a running game and the defense has to score a couple of shutouts otherwise it's going to be bad the other guys kyler murray practiced today um Matt Stafford still in the protocol, and you mentioned Tannehill, who I assume is going to play on on Sunday. I guess we're going to find out how quickly Daniel Snyder can get to his yacht uh, with the latest news about the Attorney General in Washington, D.C., filing a civil lawsuit against both the commanders, Daniel Snyder personally, and the NFL. Uh, 
reading through this, do you think this is going to spell bad news for the league? We know how things are going for the commanders right now in an effort to sell the team, but is this going to now be a really bad situation for the NFL, not just the commanders? I don't see it that way, Chad. It's weird because I think that the Washington, D.C. AG, that's a lot of (laughs) alphabets, um, would have been better off picking on the commanders and Dan Snyder. And that's that's an easy fight. Uh, But now he's punching up to the NFL and, you know, Roger Goodell by extension. And those guys, as I wrote on Outkick, they eat lawsuits for breakfast. Um, it's a $18 billion a year in revenues business. They have many lawyers. They don't lose a lot. And when they lose, nothing happens. They still go about their business. It's not like, uh, you know, they're going to somehow be uh, making the people that were aggrieved and we're not diminishing what happened in Washington. Okay. If in fact the allegations are true that women were subjected to harassment, bad, terrible, but the NFL, Roger Goodell, they didn't exactly, they weren't part of that. Okay. The AG is contending that what they were part of is that they weren't transparent in their investigation. Well, there's a reason for that. And the reason is that in getting people to talk to you as part of that investigation, they asked for anonymity. And so therefore, the NFL, which wanted to know what was going on, promised that anonymity and now cannot put that stuff out there. So it can't be totally transparent. So I just think that including the NFL and Roger Goodell in a civil lawsuit over something that should be criminal, to be honest with you, if you had enough evidence, I don't see that as as too smart. Armando Salguero, our guest, the, the history that can be made by Tyreek Hill in Miami this year, put in perspective for us what he's doing, and, and we know he's a, he's a highlight reel every week, but, I mean, what, 1,100 receiving yards, roughly, and he's, he's on pace with Calvin Johnson right now through the same amount of games that Calvin Johnson had. He's above that, I believe, by 20 or so yards. Um we could see the first 2,000-yard season, but legitimately, he could be there even without the extra game. And that's remarkable considering the trade and all of the questions about Tua. And all of a sudden, we talked about earlier this week, uh, Armando, all of a sudden, Tua's MVP hopes in Vegas jumped dramatically. I mean, it was like plus 5,000. Now he's still like fourth or fifth in the running, but it's plus 1,500. And this happened on Monday with the Josh Allen injury. It's a very intriguing story there with quarterback and receiver. Yeah, and it's interesting, Jonathan, because, I mean, um, not I'm not bragging. I'm just stating a fact. Yeah, I, have an, MVP, yes, I, I, I have an MVP yes. vote, right? And I would vote for Tyreek Hill before I would vote for Tua. 
because I think the one makes the other, not the other way around. Yes. Um, I think that Tyree Kill would be good and this good with a good number of NFL quarterbacks. Well, he was good even Tua when Tua missed. Would, yeah. Right. Tua would not be this good without Tyreek Hill. I, I watch these games and nobody covers Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and I'm sure they're trying, but there are not guys within five yards of the guy a lot of the time. And a lot of the time he's down the field and he's waiting on the pass to get there. And then you see the coverage catch up to him and he still wins on the 50-50 balls. It's pretty impressive to, to watch because you know that most NFL defenses and defensive coordinators are going, I need to stop the Dolphins or at least contain them. Who is the guy that I, I'm going to pluck out of that group and stop? And it's always Tyreek Hill. Oh, it's never the running game. It's never Jalen Waddle, Waddle, although he's very good. And it's, you know, it, it's never the tight end. It's always Tyree Kill. And I just think when he's in the, the conversation with Jerry Rice and Calvin Johnson for, you know, best season by an NFL wide receiver, he's the guy. Are you watching the Colts-Raiders game this week for the car accident and – and if not, what other reason do you have to pay attention to that? I, I'm a fan of Jeff Saturday. I like the guy. He, he, he's been great this week, yeah. Right? Uh, I, I want him to succeed because, to me, if he succeeds, that's a better story than if he fails. If he fails, it's dog bites man. We all expect him to fail. If he succeeds, it's man bites dog. And I always love... When people are running around biting dogs, it's just weird. And it's lovely. You know, it's interesting to see because then you've got a dog fight. Um, I, I, I would say this. I hope he changes his mind and plays Matt Ryan. He, he announced immediately that Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, one of the two. You got it. Is, is his starter which is what they were doing the last couple of weeks. Sam is not an NFL quarterback, guys. Can we agree? Yes. He, I mean, he is. He's in the NFL, but he's not proficient, and he's not ready. And so I just think that the best way for the Colts to win is to find out a way to block for Matt Ryan rather than to find out a way to make Sam Ellinger a really good quarterback in the span of a week. TJ Watts, a huge difference maker and Pittsburgh is in need of a huge difference maker. Were he to return this week, how much of a difference can he make? Not just this week, but for the remainder of the season for the Steelers who are not a very good football team. Big lift, right? Uh, big lift in the locker room. Players think highly of them. They believe that they're, They've got a better chance with him in the lineup as opposed to without. The next man up whole deal, Paul, is a myth. These guys say it to reporters, to us, but they don't mean it. They understand that typically the next man up is inferior. And so when the next man up this time is your starter, 
Um, I think that that's going to, you know, be something that the the Steelers can rally around. Does it rally them enough to have a running game? <laughs> does it ra- does it rally them enough to actually protect the quarterback? Nah, I don't think so. But it that defense needs help, and he's going to help provide it. Is Aaron Rodgers going to rally the troops on Sunday against the Cowboys? Are we going to witness Aaron's last stand with the Packers to get this thing going in the right direction against the tough Cowboys defense at Lambeau on Sunday? No, uh, no, no. Uh, I just look. I'm, I'm, I'm done believing in Aaron Rodgers. At the point where you lose to the Detroit Lions, I'm finished. It's over. I'm, I'm. You're on your own, Aaron Rodgers, and. The whole deal with he didn't practice yesterday. He hasn't practiced on a Wednesday in multiple weeks because he's he's got that thumb injury. I I think at some to some degree that's a serious situation for him. Um, you saw him underthrow a couple of passes. He's not the same guy, and I think the thumb might have something to do with it. And then on top of that, I don't think he's loving his team, and I don't. Imagine they love him the way he treats them sometimes. But it's just, after a while, what we see is the truth. And I think I've reached that point with Aaron Rodgers. That's what we're seeing. And that's what we're going to continue to see with maybe a couple of exceptions against poor teams. Armando, I'm going to put the ball on the tee for you here. And, and you certainly know the, the 24-hour news cycle and how we, we it's very cyclical in storyline um and it's all about timing i I think week 10 presents great timing for two players in regards to the mvp discussion first jalen hurts who returns off of a bye week unbeaten plays on monday night football and the upcoming schedule for him the commanders on monday night followed by the colts and the packers i think this is setting up very well for the stats gurus out there that are going to jump on board with potentially josh allen missing time and Mahomes becoming the front runner, but Hurts getting a lot of discussion. He's number one. The other one's Micah Parsons. Chad brought up the Packers. Dallas at Green Bay at 425 Eastern on Fox is going to be a massively watched game across the country. And I think Parsons puts on a show for the Cowboys who lead the league in sacks with 33 already. And instead of defensive player of the year, we're going to see topics next week of should Parsons be MVP, he's not going to get it. He's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. But you know how the the news cycle goes. And it's all been about Allen, and with him missing, I think it can be about Hurts and Micah Parsons. I smell a Hutton column coming in at OutKick next week. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just get I'm a feel for it. It's time to switch up the storyline, and those two guys are going to lead it. Right, and that's wholly fair and to Micah Parsons I would say to you that there would be hope in Green Bay if David Bakhtiari was old yeah. David Bakhtiari but <laughs> right I mean and he's he hurt. can't finish a game he starts and like last week he started and didn't come back until the fourth quarter he left in the middle of the game and didn't come back until the fourth quarter um he practices and doesn't doesn't practice Look, um, the Cowboys' defense is nasty, and the reason it's really nasty is, you know, number 11. 
And yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get uh maybe maybe I shouldn't say MVP votes, right? Because it it's a hard it, you gotta have interception returns, you gotta have touchdowns, you gotta score. And that's not exactly what he has done or paid to do, especially when um you know, that's just not the plan. But I, I would say to you, the Jalen Hurts thing, man, I don't buy it. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, I'm just sorry. What do you not buy? I, I don't. I, I just, look, there's like, it's a line and there's three guys ahead of him. And you mentioned two of them with Josh Allen. Okay, so Josh Allen is off now. There's the Kansas City quarterback. Right. Oh, yeah. kind of good. I've got him number right? one this week. Yes, I'm with you. Okay. Well, there you go. And, and I I don't think that's going to change. Do you? Well, I mean, do well, you think that Pat so, Mahomes falls off the table? No. Uh, no. I, don't, I, I think he's playing at an MVP caliber rate. I, I'm just saying, Allen, to me, is winning the award if he's healthy. And it takes one UCL, UCL to really upset the apple cart. And it takes one hamstring of Mahomes missing a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is winning MVP. And Mahomes and and Jalen Hurts is he doesn't have hamstrings? No, well, again, I'm just setting up the the schedule is very beneficial for him right now, and he's on the only unbeaten team. Fair. He's throwing and running. Uh, Highest scoring like NFC team. They they are fantastic in the second quarter. We know all the stats. I, I just I think there's a train that's coming through, and a lot of people are going to jump on it. I'm not saying I would vote for him over the other two, and I and right now I, I, it would be Patrick Mahomes. But I, the timing of this is very good for the brand of Jalen Hurts and Micah Parsons. I think. Let me ask you guys something. So I'm a Miami guy, right? Lived in Miami for a long time. A whole, you know, perfect season, all that. Do the Philadelphia Eagles go undefeated? No. Yes or no? No. no. Nope. Okay. Do they lose a couple? Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll lose to Dallas coming up. They're, I mean, they're, they're, their nope. next t- toughest game, honestly, is Tennessee on December the 4th. Dallas is pretty good, too, as you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I think the Cowboys will lose a couple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why are we talking about Jalen Hurts as MVP? Well, the, they're still going to lose less than the Chiefs. <laughs> That's what I'm I saying mean, right now with the work. with the undefeated start. Well, why? why yeah, I would, is Josh, put, I would put money on that. The Josh Chiefs are Allen, losing more games. Than Josh the Allen is the odds-on favorite. He's sec. He's the second leading quarterback for interceptions this season. Yeah, Matt Stafford led the NFL in interceptions <laughs> last season. I know, but he was an like, MVP. We've got we've got plenty of reasons to to uh, uh, jump on the bandwagon coming up. I, I I just think the guy's about to put on a show. That's all I'm saying. Is your Hall of Fame... A.J. Brown, too, by the way. Your Hall of Fame ballot in? You're cut to 25? Do tomorrow? I did. I, it's done. I, Do you have it? Is it? No, mine is, which is unusual. Usually, I would take till today. It, was it easy for you to get to 25? Like, I make my first pass through of automatics. Then I make my second pass through filling it in. And I'm still at 22. You know, finding the final three, I have to hunt a little bit. Is it, does it go like that to you, or do you start at 30 and have to whittle down? No, uh, I just, look, I, I I try to 
divest myself of stats. Okay. I, I go with, is this guy feel like a Hall of yeah, Famer? Type me of too. The eye test. And this year I got to 20 easy uh, with the eye test. And then I looked at the stats. Who's, you know, the top 10 interceptions, the top 10 or whatever sacks and yards from scrimmage, rushing yards. And then I found those other guys. Um, and, but it was a great class, I thought, for offensive linemen. I think the offensive linemen in that class are really strong. Yeah, and this is after we put in a bunch of offensive linemen in the last three, four, five years. Armando Salguero, right, final 30 seconds. Are you buying or selling the Jets? Sell. We've talked a lot about the, that division, but you're selling the Jets. He's, he's, he's got to be up on Miami Because then. of Wilson. I, lo- I love your skepticism, Armando. Not because oh, of the Wilson. The quarterback. Okay. It's the quarterback. Yep. That's it. The, the coach is good. The defense is good. The offensive line is good enough. The receivers are going to be really good. The quarterback. Armando Salguero, read his Thanks. work. It's great. Outkick.com. Thank you, man. Always appreciate it and enjoy this. We have to get into the AFC East with him next week because without Josh Allen, he doesn't like the Bills. He just said he'd vote Tyreek over Tua, and he doesn't like Zach Wilson. So who does he like in the East? Well, you know he doesn't like the Patriots yeah, he doesn't like Mac. Yeah, he's picked them for last place, so and maybe, he certainly doesn't like Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, so, maybe Armando likes- doesn't like a lot right now, but I, I dig it. Just stick with the skepticism. I mean, it's hard not to like the Easts, plural. Yeah. In the NFC and the I AFC. find myself and hate now rooting else. for the Eagles like crazy after Armando's <laughs> response to the Eagles being yeah. anything. Way down. I hope they go undefeated. I, I hope they're, <laughs> they're undefeated now. I'm just now studying their schedule, and I'm thinking, win, win, win. Probably another win over the Titans. And then at Dallas is their next tr- – I mean, they're, I think they're going to lose three three before then. They'll have a surprise I think loss the odds are and they'll 14 lose and to three. two good opponents. Yeah, yeah, I would say 14 Don't sleep on Washington. I know people laugh at that. Well, Washington could totally beat Washington. them. Yes, Division opponent is very good. Good defense. Very good defense. And they'll have, but, they'll have a dud of a game somewhere, too. Philly will not play well. One, They won't just get beat. Yeah. They'll beat themselves. There'll be a way. second quarter where they don't put up 35. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, uh, we've got uh, further headlines. And then in the 4 o'clock hour, a lot of college football and NFL discussion on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up, SEC discussion to begin the third hour, Outkick 360. Glad you're with us. We've got some uh, takeaways from Arizona Cardinals and Hard Knocks last night, which debuted r- real quick. Um, the easiest remaining schedules for the NFL based on opponent winning percentage. We know Baltimore's right Baltimore's there. number one. Uh, their opponents over the stretch now from week 10 to 18, a combined uh, 353. And only one team with the current winning 35% record, Cincinnati. Of, yes. Um, followed by the Falcons who tonight will play the Panthers. If they win, they jump in front yet again for the second time in three weeks for the lead in the division for the NFC South. The Chiefs 
are at three, which is why it's significant for Josh Allen's injury because the Bills have the tiebreaker head-to-head, but the Chiefs have a much easier schedule. Uh, Buccaneers with the fourth easiest schedule. Now, this also factors into their division, but again, fourth easiest schedule followed by the Panthers, and that tells you how bad the NFC South has been. Just go straight to the NFC South, the weak schedules remaining. I I would have guessed there was at least one AFC South team, but again, it's remaining schedule, and the Colts have played everybody except for a final game with the Texans, so you're not playing the division further, and you know the Titans only have a handful of games left there too. Uh, Hardest, most difficult, Packers, Patriots, Commanders are the top three, followed by the Giants and the Colts. Chad, Packers, uh, in the clip, trouble. the clip you just saw with Hopkins and, and Murray going at it on the sideline, are you, would you say it is must-watch? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's not uh, overly crazy. Story's up extensive. and out kick right now. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes to sideline. Kyler Murray checked down to Connor for a three-yard gain on third and 12. And DeAndre Hopkins is wide open for the first down. So Hopkins sarcastically asked me, say, hey, what are you looking at there? What are you seeing? On his way to the sideline, he starts to give an answer about what he did. And he said, this bleep is wide open. Talking about him being wide open. And then Kyler Murray continues to try to explain himself. And he just says, I'm trying to win. I'm just trying to win. Hopkins. Is what DeAndre Hopkins says. And that's when Cliff Kingsbury steps in, gathers the whole offense, and gives a line about we're just beating ourselves. We can beat them. It's we got to clean it doing. up. Nothing they're doing. Um, it's... Clearly two guys not on the same page right now. That's very easy to see. I'm with Hopkins. His I stats, am too. His stats would show you they're on the same page since he came back. He's getting 13, 14 targets a game, 100-plus yards per game. Should have had one more on this play. Yeah. Could have been another touchdown. Every every play. Go to him. Headlines and SEC discussion next on Outkick 360.